0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa alihi al-Tahirin. alaikum wa rahmatullah and welcome to this podcast series of a commentary on Nahj nice al-Balagha brought to you by Mizan Institute. <str downs> فَمَنْ وَصَفَ Continuing with this part of Nahjul balagha in which Imam Ali is speaking of real ma'rifah of Allah. What does real ma'rifah, real cognition of Allah look like? How can one truly claim that they know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Of course, to whatever extent that they're allowed to as, Limited beings, no one can ever understand God perfectly the way He is. But how can we get really, really close, and you know, somewhat say that we have proper cognition of Him? He said, he said, he gave us a whole list, and we covered that list, some parts of it, in our previous episode, and we're going to continue with that list today as well. So previously, what we left off on was that, كمال له نفي الصفات عنه, that the Imam said that the highest level or the peak of purifying God of any impurities, the idea and understanding you have of God sometimes is tainted, sometimes is deficient, and doesn't reflect the real God that exists out there. In these cases, Imam Ali says, if you want to really purify that understanding of yours of Him, then what you need to do is actually negate and not attribute any qualities to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now this might be confusing for some we'll talk about this as I have also hinted to it in our previous episode but inshallah I'll talk about it again as well a little bit for now what the actual text is saying and what Imam Ali is saying in this sermon is that if you really want to purify the notion of God that you have and make sure that you're not Pairing Allah with any impurities and tainting his, your understanding of Him with impurities, the best thing to do is to negate all qualities from Him. نَفْيُ الصِّفَاتِ anhu. So in our last episode I spoke about how this can be a problem in and of itself. When we attribute qualities to God, what's happening? Well, we'll have to see. The qualities that we attribute to Him are usually... Qualities that we have an understanding of looking around us in the material world world and the material realm of existence that we're in. When we look around us, for example, if I see someone having knowledge, what do I say? I say, okay, this person is knowledgeable. This person is alim. But what is my understanding of knowledge? Knowledge, the understanding I have of it, is a limited understanding knowledge that i have an understanding of is going to be an imperfect knowledge it's going to be a knowledge that also comes with ignorance so for example i will not when i say knowledge i will not have an understanding of total knowledge that will not have any ignorance in it, in it as at all there is no such thing for me greatness my understanding of greatness will be limited all greatness that i can think of will still be accompanied with some weakness yeah um being to see, to, to hear, all of these things will come with their baggage of list, of restriction and limitedness. And so here, the problem we have is that because of the qualities that we're accustomed to around us, we are using the same words that refer to those concepts for God, usually if not always the attributes that we give to Him will come with that baggage of limitation and restriction. It's something that you know, it, it just can't avoid because that's just who we are. That's the type of creatures we are. We are material creatures, and so we will see everything through the lens of material that we have been born with and, you know, grow with here in this world and in this realm of existence. All right, so in and of itself, it's going to be a problem when we attribute these same qualities to God. When I call myself knowledgeable and then I call God also one who has knowledge. Okay, well, these two are not at the, on the same level. Like It's not like, okay, person A has 10% knowledge, person B has 50% knowledge, and then Allah has 100% knowledge, all at the same plane of existence. No, it's more than that. God is at another level. It's wrong to even say he has 100% knowledge. I shouldn't even be using the same word for him. And that's why Imam Ali is saying that it's nafiyus sifati anhu to actually not attribute these qualities to him, because the qualities we are accustomed to, as I said, We'll have those restrictions. So in and of itself, it's going to be a problem when we attribute these qualities to God. That's number one. But the sermon goes on to point out um, another reason you can say that we should avoid attributing qualities to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as I said, I'm going to repeat this again. I need to say something about this in the future as well towards the end of our episode hopefully where does this mean that god we, we don't ha- we can't have any knowledge of god anymore that we can't call god al alim sami' basir and all of these things we can't what is meant here when Imam ali says Nafiyus sifati anhu is he telling us to stay away from trying to understand god at all or is it something else we'll talk about that towards the end inshallah but for now in and of itself these qualities we attribute to god they come with limitation and that limitation will indirectly be ascribed to God when we ascribe those qualities to God. That's one problem. Another problem that Imam Ali points out here in this part of Nahjul al-Balagha is that these qualities, the problem with them is that they are not part of his essence. And because they're not part of his essence, there will be some ramifications when we attribute these to him, these qualities to him. Okay? Before I get into explaining that, I want to go over something that we talked about before as well. And that is, in previous episodes, and that is that qualities are of two types. Sifat are of two types. Sometimes a sifa is not part of the essence of something and it is acquired later. So for example, like everything we have on this planet Earth, for example, an elephant will be small and then it will grow, and then bigness and greatness will be acquired by it later. I will be born not knowing anything, but as time passes, as I grow up and mature, I will gain and acquire more and more knowledge, so now I have knowledge. These are qualities that the mumkinat, those uh, contingent beings that are not necessary beings, they're not wajibul wujud. these are qualities that they will have and they will pick up later. These qualities are not part of the essence and makeup of that creature, of that thing. So for example, as I've said before, um, in the definition of human being you will not find knowledge. A human being can be born without knowledge and never acquire knowledge until the end of their life. Still they will be be referred to as a human being. right? An elephant might not be gray in color. Usually they are gray or brown maybe. But let's just say a purple elephant is born. Are they not going to call it purple? Excuse me. Are they not going to call it an elephant anymore just because it's purple or it's red? No, because being being brown or gray in color is not part of the essence of an elephant. Sure, it is one of the qualities usually of an elephant, but it does not define and is not part of the definition of an elephant. So these qualities usually that we see in the material world that we're in and that material realm of existence we live in the qualities we see usually are not part of the essence of the creatures out there, the creation out there. Okay, But then we have another category of sifat and qualities. And those are the qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are some details here that I will skip, of course. But we can say at least there are some qualities of God that are part of His essence. Meaning what? Meaning that if they're not there, God is not there. It is part of the definition of God to have power. It is part of the definition of God to have knowledge. As a matter of fact, it's not like we have God who has knowledge. God is knowledge. God is power. And so on and so forth. These are theological discussions that we don't want to get into right now. But all in all, that's what it will come down to. To these two categories of uh, qualities. Now, usually when we talk about qualities, we're talking about the qualities that we see around us, which are the qualities of the creatures of God, the creation of God. And so these will not be part of the essence of, of those things that bear these qualities. Why am I saying all of this? Because when you ever whenever you attribute a quality to something because it is not part of its essence, that means that thing, that bearer of the attribute is one thing while the attribute itself is something else, not part of the essence of this one. And so what that means and implies is duality. It implies that there is a thing that we have that we're attributing something else to. I want you to underline this. Something else to. So when you have something else, that shows duality. That means that there are two things here that we have. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is going to be a major problem, brothers and sisters. Why? When we attribute a quality to God that is not part of His essence, what does that mean? That means God is one thing, and the quality is something else that needs to be attributed to Him. In addition to the fact that it shows that God didn't have this attribute before, thus wasn't God before to begin with, because what is a God without knowledge and power, for example? But. In addition to all of these problems and the baggage that we talked about before of, of limitation and restriction because of the way we look at qualities, in addition to all those ramifications, we have another big issue that Imam Ali points out here. He says, kulli mausuf." The problem is, and the only way one can reach—excuse me—one can reach pure Tawheed, pure understanding of God is to negate all qualities from Him. Why? Because the moment you attribute quality to Him, the quality that you are attributing to Him is testifying as if that I am other than Allah. Allah is one thing, I am something else that now you have to take and stick to Him. He could have existed without me and He was existing without me and when you stick me to Him, now I can be attributed to Him. So what do we have here? One thing or two things? We have two things. And that's going to be a major problem. God is one and is not made up of parts. And so here the Imam points out, Shahadati كُلِّ سِفَةِ Every quality that a person attributes to something else, when you're attributing it to something else, this itself, this attribution is, an, is implying otherness. That this is other than that what he says and the fact that every bearer of an attribute is testifying that i am other than the attribute you are testifying to me so this is what we usually do when we say so-and-so is knowledgeable so-and-so is not knowledgeable that means so and so and so-and so both existed one of them now has something added to them which is called knowledge the other one still doesn't have it it, this implies otherness that there can be two things here that can be separated from each other sometimes and can also be stuck together so to speak sometimes this is going to be a major problem why is it going to be a problem? the imam goes on اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ فَقَدْ so as a result of that otherness that implied otherness as a result of that If anyone ever attributes anything to God, what's going to happen is that they have actually paired Allah with something else. Okay? Someone might say, but that's not what we mean. Well, no, that's the thing. You might not have intended that. But just the fact that you're attributing, this attribution is implying such. And when we do this, it is reflecting something that's happening within our minds. Our understanding of God is that he is something that has knowledge. He is somebody that bears knowledge. Then now we can attribute knowledge to him. So we, without knowing it, are pairing God with something else. qaranahu. قَرَنَهُ We've paired Allah with something else. And so now we have a package, so to speak, of God plus quality. Let's just call it knowledge. God plus knowledge. Alright? And so whoever pairs Allah like this and puts him in a package, waman qaranahu. فَقَدْثَنَّاهُ They have dualized God. Let's, uh, let's uh, call it. We have made Him into two. Because at the end of the day, now it's a pa- God is a package of God in His essence plus the knowledge. If I take the knowledge away from Him, that package is gone now. But we're saying, no, God is part of a package of God plus knowledge, right? So they both have to be there. So it's as if now... The package that we call God, yeah, it's as if there's two parts in it: God plus knowledge. Actually, this is going to be a very big problem. And whoever sees God as a du- a package, a dualistic type of package, whoever has dualized God, so to speak, when you make him part of a package. That means, as a matter of fact, in reality, God has parts for you. The package consists of two parts, God and knowledge. If you want to add more attributes, the bigger the problem is going to be. God plus knowledge plus power. God plus knowledge plus power plus mercy, and so on and so forth. So now you have parts for God. Okay, this is going to be a problem. Why? وَمَنْ Jahilahu. If a person sees God as a package consisting of parts, then that means they have not understood God properly. They actually have mistaken God. They have actually they, they have they don't have ma'rifa. They have jahl and ignorance of God. Wow. So we wanted to have ma'rifa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why we started giving him attributes, not knowing that ascribing these attributes to him actually is misunderstanding him and mistaking him. This is very interesting. Now, someone might say, Oh, but like, does that mean everyone's kafir now? Even if you're Muslim and you say God is alim, God is sami', God is basir, that, that this is actually a form of kufr and we're actually pairing God with things and you know, all of this stuff that's coming, all these ramifications. The answer is no. This is if, if a person wants kamalul ikhlasi lahu. If a person really wants to understand God, they have to understand that even attributing qualities to God is going to be kind of problematic because usually what we're attributing to Him are things that we believe can be separated from Him. We don't see it as part of His essence. And, and as a matter of fact, as, as His entire essence. God is all knowledge. God is all power. God is all this. God is all that and then, So a person who thought they have ma'rifah of Allah has, has jahil of Allah. I really want to stress here. I don't want people to get some unnecessary guilt now, and feel like, oh, okay, like so that shows that we're problematic in our beliefs and all of that. No, this is extra. I would say, this is a, something that you know the greats will get and arrive at and reach. And I have kind of hinted at this before as well. These are things sometimes you'll have to even study in philosophy, for example, but you still won't get it. You have to experience it. You have to be one of عباد الله المخلصين, as I said again and again in our previous episode. To actually experience it, taste it, see it, know what it means for you know in in itself really, and what it means really and actually. But yeah, theoretically speaking, yeah, there is a problem here. If a person is attributing things to God, thinking that knowledge is one thing, God is another thing, and I'm going to stick the two together through attribution. Attribution implies otherness, and from otherness you go all the way to jahl of God and ignorance of God and not having ma'rifah of God. So this takes us back to the beginning of this part of the khutbah. If you remember, in the beginning of this part of the khutbah, what did the Imam say? معرفته معرفته the Ma'rifah of Allah began with proper tawheed of Allah. If you wanted to know that you had Ma'rifah of Allah, you have to see how much tawheed you believe for uh, believe in for Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. But where did we end up? We ended up with a person who attributes um, qualities to God. This person is actually dualizing God and multiplying God. As a result, when you have multiplicity, that's going to be ignorance. Why? Because in the beginning of this part of the khutbah, the imam said that his ma'rifah equals tawheed, oneness, not multiplicity. So if you ever end up with multiplicity even if it's through attributing qualities to God that means you have not understood Him that is jahl of Allah because it goes against the ma'rifah of Allah which equals tawheed of Allah oneness that's what we're after we're after oneness and so multiplicity will go against that oneness and in turn will go against ma'rifah as a result it's all jahl it's not ma'rifah Alright and so the imam continues now what happens here if a person has Jahil of Allah, well it's just gonna all snowball downwards after that. So it says, if a person have has ignorance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what happens as a result is that they they can point to Allah now. Now here some of the commentators Nahjul balagha they've said that pointing here means might mean you know pointing meaning identifying him in the mind. Okay. Another meaning here can be no, physically even with you, like your finger to point to him. Whichever of these it's gonna be or all of the above that it's gonna be, there's a problem. If you can point to God in any way, in any way possible, the Imam says there's gonna be a big problem. What is that problem? Waman Ashara Ilay Fakad A person who can now point to God. What can you point to? Brothers and sisters, let's think about this. When can I point to something? When that thing is not encompassing everything. Right? When you point to something, that means there are boundaries around that thing, so to speak, of course, that set it apart from everything else around it. And that's why I point to that thing. The moment I call it that thing that I can point to, means there are boundaries that set this apart. Whatever those boundaries might look like, they are there are boundaries that will set it apart from the rest of existence. And that's why I can point to it. Correct? And so if I can point to it, because it has boundaries, that's going to be a major problem. Faqad Hadahu, the Imam says that is the problem of being to being able to point Allah out. Even in your mind, if you want to point him out and identify him in your mind Within your mind, conceptually, you have to have some boundaries for him as a concept and notion that you can point to now in your mind, even. All right, so being able to point to him, even in your mind, will show that that notion of God that you have is tainted. I'm not going to say is uh, is kufr and disbelief, no, but it's tainted at the end of the day and is not going to be very accurate an accurate reflection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so if you have hudud around God that allow you to point to Him, and that's what the Arabic comes from, Fakad haddahu Where the Imam says here, Haddahu حَدَّهُ, حده uh, comes from had, and the plural of it is hudud. Hudud means boundaries. Even uh, today in the Arabic language, if you want to refer to the boundaries of a certain country or state, You refer to them as the hudud of that region, of that location. Okay, So here it says the problem of pointing to Allah, being able to point to Him, is that that implies boundaries. Well, what's wrong with boundaries? Well, I think everyone can guess what the problem with that is. Yes, it means limitation. And one sign of limitation is that something is going to be countable. I want us to pay attention to this point now it can be countable. You can count it because it has boundaries. When something has boundaries, that means it's limited. When something is limited in its existence, that means there can be another one like it. It can be duplicated. I have a pen. I can have another pen like it. I can have ten, a hundred thousand, a million pens like it. Correct? Why? Because it's limited. If something is unlimited, though, it's not going to be countable anymore. So in the realm of philosophy, let's say, and in, 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 from a, in, existential, in an in existential context, when you refer to something as countable, you're actually, let's say, philosophically dissing that thing. Because you are telling that thing that you are limited, you are restricted, you are weak. You, um, you, can, you can be duplicated and replicated. In philosophical language, let's say, when something is not countable is when it is unlimited. So here the imam, he ends with this, this part of the khutbah, this line right here, he ends it with this. He says, you, you know, as we read through this, these lines, we're like, okay, where is the imam going to end where it gets, it's as bad as it gets, let's say. He said, if you, if you, you know, If you attribute qualities, that's otherness. That implies otherness. Otherness equals pairing. Pairing equals, like, you know, part of a package, duality, a part. And you're like, okay, it's getting worse and worse. And where is it going to stop? Where is it going to end? It ends here. That the fact that you can count Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's countable. It doesn't mean that there's two gods necessarily. This is super important to keep in mind, brothers and sisters. This is super important to keep in mind that when we say countable, it doesn't mean there's going to be two gods necessarily. This only means that it's possible for there to be two gods. And when there is when there's a possibility, that means that this, is, that this object, this thing is limited. And that is as worse as it gets. That is as bad as it gets. To say that Allah is limited, Allah has boundaries. And someone here might say, but no, we're not saying he's two though, we're still saying he's one. So what, how does this go against proper tawheed? The answer is that we have not understood proper tawhid. then. When we say اللَّهُ Some of these commentators of Qur'an, Mufassirin, have said Why didn't we say اللَّهُ وَاحِدُ In Surah Tawheed, we say اللَّهُ Why don't we say اللَّهُ وَاحِدُ Allah is one Because wahid also means one, ahad also means one What's the difference? They explain Wahid means one, a one that can be duplicated But hasn't been duplicated yet Versus ahad, which means one, that there is no two or second one possible for it. There's a big difference between these two. If you say Allah is one versus two, three, and four, that means Allah is limited. But if you say Allah is one versus all of other existence, then that means that he cannot be duplicated. It's either Allah all is all of existence or nothing. That's what it's going to come down to. So this is the meaning of Allah being one? The fact that He cannot be counted, it's impossible for Him to be counted. Why? Because being able, to, being countable, equals there being an oper, a possibility for another one like it. Which means that 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 thing that you're saying is one right now is limited, or else it would be impossible for another like it to exist. Uh, I keep going back and forth with all of this to make sure that it's clear to the brothers and sisters. Repeating some of these uh, lines just to make sure that we are getting a good understanding here of what it's all about, what the Imam is saying here. And so being a- being countable goes against pure Tawheed. Tawheed means oneness, uh, a oneness that cannot be counted while if you are attributing things to God and so on and so forth, which you're going to end up with is a one God maybe that is countable. And that means limitation. And that means all the other bad, def- deficient baggage that you-, you-, you one is going to be coming down with for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. And so here, we have a hadith by Imam Al-Baqir alayhi salam in which he makes it clear that even if you can point to him in your mind as if it's limiting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. كُلُّ مَا بِأَوْهَامِكُمْ فِي مَخْلُوقٌ مِثْلُكُمْ إِلَيْكُمْ He says, anything that you use with your minds, and no matter how precise and fine that line is that you're using to identify God with, to draw a boundary around God in your minds, مَخْلُوقٌ <laughs> masnu'un is created and is made by you. Mithlukum, Just like you yourselves are limited beings, created beings, that in your mind is also a cre- something you've created for Allah. Mardudun That goes back to you. None of this has to do with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of this is limitation, just like you yourselves are limitation. And therefore, the Imam, he says, The one who sets boundaries for him has counted him. And counting him, even if you're going to stop at one, is going to still be a problem. Okay, so now having gone through all of that, before we end, I just want to address the topic uh, that I said I would towards the end of this episode. And that is that, okay, someone might read this, someone might listen to all of this and say, okay, so are we saying that we're not supposed to speak about Allah at all, and um, that we should just keep our mouths shut and just say Allah is Allah, that's it? And the answer to that our scholars have given is that no, this does not mean such. It just means that, look, we will never be able to understand God in his purest form, in the purest way. And there might be some who will, to a very good extent, And so, if we're ever going to attribute any qualities to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have to understand that these qualities that we're attributing to him, we need to at least try our best to strip those qualities of any deficiency that they might come with. Those qualities that we've grown accustomed to around us. Make sure that we understand at least that, okay, like if I'm attributing this to God, I have to also make sure that I, for example, say SubhanAllah afterwards. That Allah is higher and greater and more immaculate than any deficiency that's out there. If I say Allah is Alim, Allah is Alim, Allah is Basir, I do have to keep in mind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he sees and I see. But this is a totally something is going to be totally different. If I see, I see with the physical eye. If I see, I see something, but I, there are a lot of things I don't see. You know, while I'm seeing something. But with Allah, it's going to be different. Allah seeing doesn't mean Allah sees with a physical eye. Or an eye, whatever you want to call it. Allah sees, meaning he has knowledge of anything that we can see with our physical eye. Allah will have knowledge of that as well in in his own way. And so all of the deficiency goes and those qualities at their highest level and perfect level and form are to be attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should never think that we have understood Allah um, in the most accurate way. But at the same time, it's not something to actually stay on and not try to make progress on. No, we will study about God as much as we can. We will try to, in addition to studying about God, um, we will try to also supplement that theoretical knowledge that we gain from whatever books and lessons and lectures and khutbahs and hadiths that we get. Supplement all of that with action and amal. And inshallah Allah sheds a light within our hearts where we have a little bit of a better understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we get closer and closer to the real tawheed of Allah inshallah ta'ala. rabbil alameen.